Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is uh, a long overdue Ask Daydon Advice Mondays. Uh, it's been actually several months since we've actually done a live Advice Mondays. Uh, in fact, it was last year, um, towards the end of last year. And uh, for those of you who may be unfamiliar, uh, what we, we are known for and have been known for doing on Monday nights is taking questions and, and topics and situations that specifically are sent in from you guys, and we talk about them in the realest way possible. We give some real, everyday you know, advice, um, biblical, uh, biblically-based advice, um, you know, and you guys can uh, can and have been sending those questions over to askdaydon at trctoday.com. Um, a lot of our topics on Advice Mondays do come from uh, posts and, and, and discussions that uh, happen in the Friends of the Daydon Tolbert Show group. So we're really going to get into it uh, tonight, man. You know, like I said, it's been a little. It's been a little while since we did Advice Mondays, but it's uh, been a little while, about a week or so, since we were even last live. So. Definitely going to, you know, spend a little bit of time talking tonight about uh, post-Valentine's Day. It just occurred to me that uh, we didn't really get a chance to, we did our pre-Valentine's Day special, but we didn't really get a chance to, um, you know, talk about uh, Valentine's Day and, and, and you know, what has ha- what, what transpired and um, things to look for, things not to look for, um, ways to, to, to deal with the aftermath of a uh, not-so-good Valentine's Day. And, um, you know, get what you ultimately want out of life uh, tonight. But overall, we want to talk about uh, relationship recycling. Um, That is a a topic that we tackled a few years ago, and I wanted to uh, revisit that tonight uh, because what happens a lot of times in society is, you know, we, men and women, have a tendency to, uh, for as a result of many things, one of them being, you know, a fear of being alone, um, you know, uh, an unwillingness to start over. We often go back, you know, uh, go backwards. We we allow exes back into our lives. We go back to things that are familiar, but not necessarily healthy, not necessarily stable, and and even you know, just uh, unfortunately, um, perpetuate the lie of the enemy that you know you you, you know we will be single forever, and um, you know which will influence certain behaviors. And um so we want to talk about uh that ways to deal with relationship recycling and um you know so hopefully we can uh, help shed some light on some um some some issues that many unfortunately can relate to. Uh Courtney is here with me tonight uh who I believe knows a little bit about relationship recycling um as well as many things that she's uh you know very wise about in her young old age. Courtney, how are you tonight? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm excited to be here. It's been a little while. I've been doing some things. Let me just tell you guys, you guys might wonder, you know what? I'm not just chilling, you know what I'm saying? I you know, when I when you don't hear us live, I, we're not just, you know, when you see the the best of the Data on Tower show, I'm not just twiddling my thumbs, you know. I, I tell you guys all the time I'm working on my uh my new book uh, that'll be out this summer, How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 365 Days or Less. Um, my other book, my novel, I'm working on that simultaneously. Uh, that's entitled Can't Let Go. Um, this is, uh, you guys know I sell cars as well. I have a car lot here in Philly uh, where I sell cars, TRC Auto. Um, so, you know, we, this is income tax season. So I'm just trying to get our inventory up a little bit, come get a used car, you know, put that tax return to use if you guys are in the Philly, Jersey, Delaware area. 
And, um, you know, so a number of things, obviously spending time with the family, you know, raising a little girl. But, um, you know, this is this is definitely what I enjoy doing, you know, with you guys. And um, it's been a little while since we were live, so we have a lot to talk about. Have you missed being live, Courtney? Yes, yes, I have. Well, let's jump right into it, guys. You guys are welcome to call in at any uh, point tonight, uh, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad, and, um, you know, we can we can get into it. Um, also, you know, feel free to participate in, uh, you know, in the online discussions as well. Um, I just heard today that uh, Robin Thicke and, and Paula Patton have decided to separate. Courtney, had you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about it. I, I'm going to be like one of the few people to say this, but I actually was shocked. I guess apparently everyone else saw it coming. I didn't. I didn't see that coming at all. What What made you feel as though they were so um, sturdy? I guess because they put on a really good front as if they were just the happiest couple ever. And so I bought into it. <laughs> So I didn't I didn't really think, you know, too deep what was going deeply about what was going on behind the scenes with them. So I, I actually thought they would have lasted longer. Well, here's the thing, guys. This is what I'll say about that. I mean, I'm not going to, you know me, I keep it real. I'm not I keep it honest. You know, you've heard over the last 10 or so years I and mean, we've predicted a number of celebrity breakups and divorces and you know just based on the whole concept of emotional availability i mean you know you guys know what we do here but uh, you know no need to lie that was not one of the situations we have discussed here paula Patton and, and robin thick you know it's not a, a topic that you know was like you know i was dying to talk about i really had li- you know really little interest in them um there was no message there was no you know lesson to be learned you know at that point you know from seeing so i didn't you know i see a lot of these shows they just like to gossip that's not us never has been us never will be us this is not a gossip show this is not an entertainment show anytime you know you see us or hear us talk about a couple or relationships or, or someone's personal life it's with the sole purpose of using that as an example of, of, you know, what not to do, how not to be, if you desire to live the life with the man or the woman that God has for you. That is it, and, you know, nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, just there was no, there was nothing really to talk about with them. Uh, but in, just in regards to that, since it's, you know, it's hot on everybody's, you know, uh, list of things to talk about uh, today, evidently, uh, you know, it's not. I was not surprised. I mean, and I don't think anyone should be surprised. I mean, you know, when you when you look at things from a biblical standpoint, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, from an emotional availability standpoint. I mean, and just to simplify it, guys, if anyone's confused out there, I want you guys to just realize that it's it doesn't matter if we're talking about <clears throat> celebrities. It doesn't matter if we're talking about everyday people. The only relationships that will survive and will stand the test of time are those based on a foundation of 100% emotional availability from a woman's standpoint and if you are dealing with a true man of God. I mean, you know, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, there is no magic potion. There is no, you know, recipe for success other than that. It's, it's putting God first. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, 
it's it's destined for failure. Now, I mean, when you and you factor, you know, the Hollywood aspect of things into it, the whole celebrity, you know, lifestyle. I mean, it, you know, it's it's bound to happen. You know what I'm saying? When you, I mean, it's where you when you subject yourself. I mean, I mean, it shouldn't even be hard. I mean, you look at Robin Thicke. I mean, this guy came out with an Illuminati, you know, Beetlejuice outfit on at the at the awards show, you know, allowing Miley Cyrus to twerk on him. I mean, this guy is, you know, seen around the world, you know, clearly, you know, enjoying being a bachelor, you know, making music videos. I think he went over to, uh, he was in the, uh, you know, like I saw a Rick Ross video recently with him in it. It was just like, they were just, you know, I mean, that's, there's a lot of that that is actually true. And, and so when you look at that, I mean, you got as, as a married man, and I'm not even on a celebrity level. I'm not even trying to be. I'm just, I'm just saying, marriage is hard enough as it is. You know what I'm saying? Just being a regular guy. But then when you factor in all those other outside forces, you know, women and the and the music and the traveling. I mean, that is all going to take a toll on a relationship. And the only thing that will keep something like that together you know, is going to be God. And then so when you have two people who have willingly and knowingly subjected themselves into the, as everyone should see by now, the evil and wicked entertainment industry as we know it today, you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no possible way, you know what I'm saying? You might go strong for, for nine or ten years, for 20 years. I mean, you look at people like Danny DeVito and, you know, uh, uh, what's it? What's it? Ray Perman. I mean, they they got divorced recently. They separate. I mean, after like thirty years. I mean, so don't be don't be surprised. Don't be confused by two people showing up at an award show, smiling, you know, holding hands on the red carpet. Next thing you know, oh, so and so breaking news. They decided to separate. You know what I'm saying? And it shouldn't be surprising. It's you should always expect it. And again, the only successful relationships will be those ten percent. The ten percent of of true men of God and the ten percent of women who are truly one hundred percent emotionally available. Courtney, do you feel like Paula Patton or Robin Thicke, either of them fits into that ten percent? No, no. I'll so what honest. are you surprised was, about? That's what I was about to say. I was looking. Um, I was looking at it from a very worldly standpoint, and so. I mean, now it's like, okay, now this makes perfect sense. So, yeah. It's, it's tough out here, man. It's it's tough. You know, it, it's very, I mean, just like I said, relationships are hard. But, you know, I wish them the best. I mean, those are two people. I mean, all those things being said, you know, I, I never had anything against Paula Patton. You know, she's not someone who you, you guys have heard me, you know, even have an opinion on over the years. I mean, for the most part, as far as what I've seen, she's always... Uh, conducted herself in a, you know, a fairly classy manner. I, you know, I'm sure if you Googled, I'm sure you'd find some, some, some slutty pictures. I'm sure, you know, just like most celebrities. But you know, for, you know, <laughs> she's no Beyonce. You know what I mean? She's no Miley Cyrus. She's no, you know, not taking every opportunity possible to show off her breast like Halle Berry or something like that. So you know, I, it's it's tough anytime you see anyone, um, you know, their relationship fails. So you know, I wish the two of them the best and. You know, hopefully some people can uh, can look at these situations and, and learn. I mean, I wasn't, let me just say this too, I wasn't really surprised, and this is kind of could take us in a whole other direction that we'll save that for another show though, but just 
often when you look at couples, because you guys got to realize they got together when both of them were fairly unsuccessful. Okay, I mean Paula Patton was a relatively unknown actress. I mean, you know, she'd done some things, uh, but for the most part, primarily, you know, pretty much unknown, not on like a, a large scale. Robin Thicke was a struggling, you know, singer. Very. This is before Lost Without You, before long before Blurred Lines, long before any, you know, his success. He was just kind of, you know, out there. And, um, you know, and, and you, when you're on a certain level as a couple, it's tough to grow. I mean, 10 years is a long time. I mean, you look at couples who transition from teens to 20s, 20s to 30s. I mean, that can be very tough because I know for a fact, I'm 36 now. I am in no way the same person I was when I was 26. You understand that? So, I mean, it's, it's you know, a lot of times it's, it's better and you often see some of the, the long-lasting relationships uh, start later on, or I should say that they end up starting later on in life, like late 20s, early 30s, you know, and then they go the distance that way. I mean, that's that's been, um, you know, what I see more of, especially in, in uh, you know, in today's society. So, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, what else? Valentine's Day, though. You know, I, there were a couple of things that I didn't want to talk about that. You know, I saw a lot of um a lot of engagements, you know, congratulations to everybody who um you know, who got engaged over the Valentine's Day holiday. Shout out to you guys. Uh I but then I saw a lot of um you know, negative posts. I saw a lot of um you know, a lot of things that people were not expecting. You know, you know how it goes. I mean, did you see any of that after Valentine's Day? I I didn't, but um, people were telling me they saw a lot of um, negative things online. But I, I personally didn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I see I see some stuff, man. I see a lot of stuff. And um, one thing that I will say is that you know, ladies, and I said this online um, last week. You know, if, if he's supposed to be your Valentine, but you're just now hearing from him, you know, or you know, he was MIA, then. Nine times out of ten, you know, he wasn't really working, okay? He was actually spending the weekend with someone else. You know, he was actually dealing with someone, having sex with someone, laid up with someone, creeping with someone. And, I mean, this is where we get into relationship recycling because a lot of those types of situations are the types of situations, ironically, that people end up going back to. Okay, you know, it ends around Valentine's Day or after Valentine's Day, then, you you know, you fall off, you do you, he doesn't, you know what I mean? Then next, you know, what is that, so February, then, you know, the following August or, you know, early September, mid to late September, it's like he pops back up with a text message talking about something, what's up? You know, and instead of just dealing with it, you entertain it. You don't necessarily welcome him back with open arms because you remember the hurt and the pain associated with what he did this time of year. But instead, you you know you 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 will text back and forth. Hey, what's up, sexy? How you been? Mm, whatever. I'm fine. 
you know, and then he'll text back, oh, okay, you got an attitude? No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just saying, hey, look, do not call me anymore, picking up that phone and say, do not contact me, do not text me anymore, you will entertain it. And so what you got to realize is those are the types of situations that keep 90% of women single. You cannot, I mean, if I haven't been clear over the last 10 years, let me be crystal clear tonight, you cannot have a man targeting you for anything. It's not relationship. He doesn't want to get back with you. If a man is texting you, he's targeting you for sex because a man's not going to tar- he's not going to try to be in a committed relationship with you. He's not going to try to spend the rest of his life with you but not call you and only text you. Don't be confused, ladies. That guy who's texting you, he just wants to smash. He just wants to have sex with you one more time. Okay, it's it's not about any. I don't care. I hear. I'll even counsel women. I hear women asking me like, "Well, you know, yeah, whatever." He's trying to get back with me. I'm like, "What do you mean? No, he's not trying to get back with you. He first of all, he never considered himself to be with you to begin with. You were a friend with benefits. You were a glorified friend with benefits, a jump off, a booty call. It wasn't a real commitment. That's why he cheated. That's why he was cheating the whole time. That's why he didn't take it seriously on Valentine's Day. So when he's texting you, he's hitting you up. He's not trying to get back with you. You know, he's trying to get back into your bed. And a lot of women, that it's easier to tell them, oh, tell themselves, oh, okay, yeah, he's trying to get back with me, whatever, because that makes you feel better. It doesn't make you feel good to say, wow, he just wants me for, you know, you know, for for my body. I had to catch myself, Courtney. It's going back to 2005, you know, <laughs> going back to like 04 or something. You know, he just wanted you for your body. Understand that, and I'm just telling y'all that y'all are better than that. You're better than your bodies. You don't have to be showing off your breasts. You don't have to take pictures in your thongs. And just because he asks you for a picture, you don't have to bend over and send him a picture of yourself in the bathroom, foot up on the on the toilet stool. <laughs> what What are you laughing for, Courtney? Have you done that? I mean, what's so fun? What, what, have, yes. What? Yes, that's exactly why. I'm, that's exactly why I'm laughing. You've done that. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't send the picture per se. I took a picture and I had it in my house and I showed it to him. But I took pictures like that. Yeah. Gosh, man. Yeah, it, I mean it's real out here. You know, I mean that it's that it's it is what it is. I mean, I, I can't say that I've taken pictures like that, but I sure have received my fair share of them. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, this is this is what it is. You know, and I'm just telling y'all, ladies. I mean, this that's a whole another show. But in fact, we did the we rebroadcasted what a couple of weeks ago the effects and the consequences of sexting. That was actually one of the realest shows, you know, on the low that we've really done ever, to be real with you, because it's just, that, that's just how real it is. I mean, who doesn't sext nowadays? A lot of times you got women, you know, thinking that that is a way to a man's heart that's going to keep him interested. No, all that is, he's just, he's just going to show his friends. You know, he's just going to, you know, make a, you're just going to have that eternal place in his in his Rolodex of, of women you know, and uh, that he's accumulated over the years. Don't be one of hundreds of women that men have received picture mail from, video mail. You know, nowadays they got voice memos. Y'all know the voice recorders on your phones? 
These guys got y'all on three-way. Y'all don't even know what's going on. You don't know who's listening, all that that freaky stuff y'all doing on the phones. Y'all think it's just y'all two on the phone lines. No, it's not y'all two on the phone lines. It's not just y'all in the room. It's somebody in the closet. So that's a whole other story, though. We got a new show coming up, guys. We got a new show I've been thinking about. We're going to do a Trapped in the Closet show. You know, we know uh, it's been ten years. I mean, we're trying. It's it's hard. We got what haven't we talked about? But the reason why I say that is because um, well, not only have I actually found myself in that situation, and that's a story you guys have never heard, and that's going to be some. I mean, I got stories for that. Y'all haven't heard anything, to be honest with y'all yet. Y'all, the best stories are, have even been thought of being told, but that's a whole other thing. But, yeah, we're going to be talking about being uh, trapped in the closet. Might have a couple special guests uh, to, to share their stories of, as far as being trapped in the closet as well, but definitely stay tuned for that. What you know about that, Corey? You ever, you ever been trapped in the closet or, or had a man trapped in your closet? Elaborate. So I'm confused. What is it about? Uh, uh, you'll see. You'll You'll find out. Trapped in the, did you see the R. Kelly? Did you follow that whole series? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, the, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, that wasn't me. That wasn't uh, me. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I got a couple trapped in the closet, though. but yeah, look out for that. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's just the whole Valentine's Day thing. I mean, there's um, just want to touch on that. If and I'll just say this in closing on that. If your Valentine's Day wasn't everything that you wanted it to be, you know, at some point, guys, you've got to really take control. You've really got to just say, you know, whatever it is that I've been doing up until this point, you know, has not been working, and it may be uh, time to do something a little bit differently. And I hate to – I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but you guys know me. I'm not going to sugarcoat, but great women. I'm talking about truly great women, but more importantly, emotionally available women do not stay single for long. Okay, I'm I'm just saying that. That's and I, I that's a fact, and the Bible confirms that. So I'm just letting everyone know, everyone, if you find yourself, and again, it's not an issue, you know, to be single. Let me just say, it's not an issue to be single, but you know. Again, though, the key word there is for long. And if you now, if now, if you're actively working and you're, you know, we have identified exactly what needs to be done, then that's great. Then let's let's continue doing that. But if you know, hey, look, you're just kind of floundering in spiritual stagnation, you know, and you're not really taking the active steps necessary to become 100% emotionally available from a biblical standpoint, then it's time to get cracking. You know, eight five five fifty five date on set up a uh, an emotional availability assessment. You know, we can get to the bottom of exactly what's going on. I had a lot of people, several women between Courtney and myself, take advantage of the fifty uh, percent off Valentine's Day special. So uh, shout out to you guys. I look forward to working with everybody. But you know, it's 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 about that time. Uh, what else? In fact, I said online. Uh, you know, when a man truly loves you, guys. You know, there will be no no games, no manipulation, or wasting time. I said, in fact, he'll be built. He'll make building a future with you his number one priority. Okay, period. And if you've never had this type of love, you have to be patient 
work on yourself, and trust God. See, those are the three things that a lot of women have an issue doing, you know, and, and really in that order. You know, being patient, a lot of women are impatient. They're not working on themselves. In fact, they're doing many things that are self-destructing themselves. Uh, and last but not least, they're not trusting God. You know, they have a fear of being alone. When you have a fear of being alone, that means you have a lack of faith in God. So really, you know, those three things for, for many women are, are very problematic. Are those any things that you could relate to at any point in your life? Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely relate to all of them. You know, not not trusting, just being very impatient. And because I was very impatient, you know, I didn't want to um, trust God, and I wanted to do it on my own because I felt like God was taking too long. So I'm like, okay, this is taking a little bit too long. Let me go out and do X, Y, and Z. Let me register myself on all these dating sites and let me see what, what's happening. And Or I would tell myself, um, God helps those who help themselves. And I, I would tell myself that as a means to justify me not trusting him, if that makes right. any sense. Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know. And so and, and what often happens is, the Bible says to lean not on your own understanding, but instead to, in all things, trust in him. Well, a lot of times women, they don't really trust in, in God, but they start trusting in, you know, that backside, right? They start trusting and saying, wow, I know my booty pokes out a certain amount, so if I twerk it this way, if I wear this, that will make my backside look like this, he will look at me like this and ultimately treat me like this, and then we'll live happily ever after. That's what they start trusting in, because historically that has been all they know, their body, their looks, their flirtation, flirtation, you know, and that whole thing. That's what they know, and that's what's been, in their eyes, fairly successful. Never mind the fact that everybody that they've ever dealt with has had sex with them and then left them alone, but still in their mind they think, wow, okay, this is, this is worked on some level, which is... Not only ludicrous, but that's a whole another. I mean, you know, issue because when we get into emotional addiction, which that show is coming in 2014, the whole emotion cycle of emotional addiction. One of the stages of addiction, specifically emotional addiction, is delusion. A lot of women out here, unfortunately, are living in an elongated state of delusion where they've convinced themselves, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of their past situations and even current situations they still will will think that something makes sense to continue doing and will have a positive result you know which is which is nothing short of delusional you know but it's it's all has a you know it's it all is rooted in 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 emotional addiction um but one of the things that I would say just in regards to sex is um and I said this online I said uh well, I said a couple of things but one of them being Premature sex only prevents you from finding out how a man truly feels about you. I said that it's best to do things God's way. You know, I mean, and it's interesting because, um, you know, somebody asked me actually, like, well, you know, Daydon, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by premature sex? I said exactly what I, what it says. I said premature, meaning prior to marriage. 
You know, because a lot of women, when they hear the word premature, they're thinking, oh, before that man is feeling me or before we're in a relationship or on the first date. I mean, yes, all of those things are premature, but that's not what I'm referring to. I'm re- when I say premature, I'm not talking about Steve Harvey premature, 90 days pre- I'm not talking about that craziness. I'm talking about what the Bible says. You see what I'm saying? That's why no one will, can ever debate with me or, or this type of advice because it comes straight from the Bible. You know, and so the Bible is confirmed where where it says there will come a day when people will seek to to hear, you know, false teachers and and anyone who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. So for many, you know, especially in 2014, you know, they, they're seeking out people who 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 want or who will tell them, hey, look, it's okay to have sex. You know, embrace your sexuality, Zane and, you know, Steve Harvey and these weirdos out here writing these erotica books and stuff like that. You know, that's that's what's that's what's catchy. That's what's cool. That's what's popular. But it's not biblical, and it's only going to lead to a, you know, to to death, to be honest with you. The Bible says, for the wages of sin are death. You know, I mean, y'all can take that however y'all want, but, I mean, there's no way around it. There's nothing positive that's going to come from any form of premature sex. Now, don't get me wrong. I haven't been a virgin. I wasn't a virgin when I got married. Let's be clear about that. You know, but I'm, I'm, I, the reason I'm able to give this type of, of advice, because I know firsthand the, uh, you know, the dangers of sex, the effects of sex, the consequences of sex, the bad decisions that that come about as a result of sex. You know, me and Courtney, we're not talking down to y'all. We're not preaching to y'all. We're keeping it real with y'all. You see what I'm saying? So I'm just, you know, trust me on that. Premature sex will lead to and has led to the most horrible situation that you have ever been in. I tell you guys to do this all the time. Think back, male or female. Think about your worst relationship ever or your worst dating situation ever. And I can almost 100% guarantee that that's with someone who you had premature sex with. Keep it real with, don't, I mean, keep it real with yourselves. You know it and I know it. You had sex and it would not have been as bad. It might have been bad or, you know, it might have been a little whatever, but it wouldn't have been as bad had you not had sex with that person. Am I lying, Courtney? No, you are 100% correct. Those soul ties are real. They really are. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it is. It's all about soul ties. You know, that that, that relationship recycle. I mean, keep it real. You, you You only go back to give that person a second shot because something was a little too good. Something felt just right, and so you 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 block out all of the you know the pain and the crying and the tears on the pillow. You know what I'm saying? But you forget about you forget about that stuff. The enemy masks those things, masks those memories. He hides them, and all you remember. Should I be PG or should I go extra real quick? Real quick, hurry up, real quick. Go extra PG. real. No, I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill. I'll say that for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? All you remember is, you know what I'm saying, a little bumping and grinding. But I think you all know that's not really what you remember. You, You know what he did. Fellas, you know what she did. And that's the real reason for relationship recycling. 
That's the real reason that you don't pick up that phone and tell him not to text you anymore. That's the real reason, even though you're pissed at him, even though when you think back, you're like, dang, this dude cheated on me. Dang, I walked in and saw him getting oral sex from, from, from the white chick. That's the real reason that you still allow him to occupy your thoughts. I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know. I mean, if a man can make a woman, you know, go to a certain place in sexual euphoria, it's a rap, it's a rap right? It's a rap. <laughs> yeah, Corey, what the heck? I you just you just jump right in on that one. Huh? You, you I'm kinda, sorry. Oh man, what, is there something you want to elaborate on? What? No, no I mean I. <laughs> no, I'm saying that I agree um, with that. I think, and this is just being honest. I think it's um, much easier for a woman to get over a man that um, didn't make her have an orgasm. I think that it's much easier. But if a man is able to get her there, it's it's crazy. You're right. She does forget about all of the bad memories, but she will always remember that. And um, that is what holds a lot of women in bondage, remembering that one moment. Mm-hmm. That, that twitching, that shaking, that quivering. Y'all know, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> let me chill. You know, I'm just saying, I know all about it, trust me. You know, those will be the memories, you know, that, that, that remain. But it's not just the memories, that will be the soul ties that are actively being formed. You know, orgasm or not, has nothing to do with an orgasm. To be honest with you, I mean, it's just sex. It says the Bible, the Bible doesn't really talk about the orgasm. It just says, you know, when a man ejaculates into that woman, they they both remain unclean. You understand that even after they bathe, y'all must not. You know what I'm saying, y'all read, the, y'all gotta read the word and what the Bible says about sex. My new book. Um, how to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in uh, 365 Days or Less is going to speak a great deal about sex, but sex from a biblical perspective. You understand that, guys? And, you know, it's just, um, it's actually going to be the realest uh, piece of literature ever written, ever assembled. How can it be real when it's from a biblical perspective? So that's just what it, what it, what it, is, what it is and what it's going to be. Um. You know, so but yeah, you know, ladies just don't you know premature sex. A lot of women, they they and I sh- I can't just say women. I mean, but I, what I know is I, I understand women so much, and I under I know that many women think erroneously that men want sex. That's that could not be further from the truth. A lot of women are scratching their head right now. They're like, wait a minute, what did you just? What do you mean? Men don't want sex. Men actually roll their eyes after they get sex with a woman who they may be at one point considered possibly being their wife. You understand that? Men are so tired. I look at some of my Facebook state, uh, statuses at some of these guys out here. You know, guys, many of them who I know, many guys who I've, I used to party with, you know, 10 years ago. You understand that? Like, Here's the thing. Check this out. Ten years ago, when I was partying with some of these dudes, I had already been partying for ten years, right? So just imagine. Just follow me here, right? So that be- means, like, I'm coming up on 20 years of, of partying, you know, going back to high school, college, and, you know, all that stuff. 
So if I was tired of partying 10 years ago and the guys that I was partying with 10 years ago are still partying, just imagine how tired they must be of still partying. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and and living that sexual lifestyle, living that fast life, living that, you know, oh, yeah, let's go to VIP and, and you know, and pop some bottles and, you know, stare at all the women and pay $500 just for, a, you know, a, a glass, of, you know, a, really a glass of wine because, you you know, you're paying it, but then you got these model groupies, wannabe Instagram models coming to your table, you know, leeching off of you, drinking up all your stuff that you just paid $500 and your check was only eight seventy four. you know what I'm saying? Let's be real, a lot of y'all, these guys, fake ballers out here, the checks only be like barely $900 and they trying to go get a table in VIP. What kind of crap? These dudes ain't making no money out here. I mean, come on, man. But But, you know, we talk about that stuff. So I'm just saying that lifestyle gets old, and it, and it should be old for everybody. But, you know, people have to come to that, you know, that stage on their own. But, yeah, so that's sex. Now, one of the things that I said the other night, I think it was Saturday night, actually, I just, you know, it popped into my head, God revealed to me. I, I, I said that, uh, ladies, never allow lust from a man on Saturday night Keep you from the love of God on Sunday morning. What do you think about that, Courtney? Is there anything you can relate to? Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, I can relate to the walk of shame the day after in my club, party clothes, and um, debating about whether or not I should go to church because how is God going to feel about me or maybe he's going to think I'm dirty. And, you know, I was really letting the devil talk to me. But the good thing was that I actually um, did go to church. But I see a lot of people who don't because they feel gu- they feel guilty and they feel like God hates them. But church is where you should be. Right. I, I always look at people who, um, you know, they look down on others. That's It's the craziest thing in the world. You'll see people... Who you know don't even go to church, ain't been to church, you know, but will look down on people who who live a certain lifestyle but still go to church. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the true definition. And we talked about this. What was it? A couple of weeks ago when we talked about, I think it was the Jay Z and Beyonce show where we talked about the Grammy special. We did an in depth analyzation of what. The Bible defines as being judgments When many people, they have no idea what the Bible says about judgment But they don't understand that judging is is only about You know, uh, looking down at someone else When you are actually doing the same exact thing If you're doing what you're supposed to do And you are speaking out against an injustice Some form of evil, some form of sin That is your Christian duty you understand that? You're supposed to speak out against certain things. Uh, but people don't seem to get that. But it's like it's only if you are living a certain lifestyle that is contradictory to the, to the or I should say that basically meshes with the lifestyle of someone that you're trying to speak out against. You can't be doing the same things and then try to speak out. You know what I'm saying? That, that's hypocritical. And, and that's what we're not supposed to do. The Bible says to judge righteously. And so, yeah, but 
I can relate to that though. In fact, I, I'm so mad at myself. Like probably like I want to say like at least ten, fifteen years ago. Like in college, I wrote a poem the Sunday morning um, after uh, a crazy sexual experience. And same thing that Courtney just said, like the enemy was trying to tell me, oh, you're not worthy of going to church. And I I'm, I don't even know what happened to the poem. Like it was one of the best poems really I feel like ever written because it was just like it was speaking about, you know, how, how the enemy, you know, holds you down and, and lies to you and talks to you and, you know, makes you feel guilty and makes you feel shameful. And it's just those are the main lies of the enemy. But, yeah. So yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely relate to that, and, and you know, most people can relate to that. And in fact, I'll tell people, you know, I, and somebody told me this to be honest with you, a long, uh, many years ago, as far as Sunday mornings go, don't, and I'm going to paraphrase, but don't base what you, you know, what happens on Sunday morning off of what you did Saturday night. Okay, you you base Saturday night. Off of what you plan on doing Sunday morning Hopefully that makes sense to everybody If you know you want to go to church Not even you want to go If you know you're going to church Then that means you, 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 know, you That is what dictates What you do Saturday night You don't stay out till 2 in the morning You don't go out drinking Because you know you're going to church A lot of people Oh I can't go to church Because I went out and I'm so tired well, well then what's your priority Was the priority going out Saturday night Or was the priority going to church for me, I did both. I just went to church tired as crap. You know what I'm saying? I went to church still hungover. Even times I was in a strip club Saturday night and still went to church Sunday morning. But and I'm just being honest, me and the homies. All right, well look, I'm gonna dro- get dropped off five six o'clock in the morning. All right, what time are you picking me up for church? All right, be just be ready at nine nine o'clock. All right, cool. Kind of kind of crazy crap is that? You know what I'm saying? But you know it's real. I w- I'm glad I was there than not there, though, I'll tell you all that much. You know what I'm saying? But some people, I'm sure, would now and did then. Oh, that, you know, you're, you're a hypocrite. Uh, hypocrite? What are you talking about? How am I a hypocrite? You know what I'm saying? That's, when you're sick, you go to the hospital. When you smell, you take a shower. You know, when you're spiritually disgusting, you, you go to church. So it is what it is. Did you ever you ever felt shameful, Courtney? Yeah, I I, I have. Um, and like I said, sometimes I would, you know, overcome that lie from the devil, and I would actually go to church. Other times I wouldn't, and I would just stay at home and just really pass out and go to sleep. Or I may go out to breakfast with friends and just wouldn't go to church. I would do everything but go to church. So I did have those moments of. Of shame, right? Let's speaking of shame. I, you know what? I, we talk a lot about uh, you know the entertainment industry. You know, and we did a whole show on Beyonce and the meaning of drunken love. And I would really, you know, that was probably one of the realest shows, one of our best shows ever. Definitely check that out from like last week or week week before last if you missed that show. Uh, but interestingly enough, we didn't even really talk about something that I was just, I don't know, it just clicked to me one day. And, and I, I'm still kind of in shock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think some of you guys know I posted about it on Facebook. But watermelon. 
I mean, I'm I'm still like just just like flabbergasted because I mean, I think of stuff. You know, I mean, you can, this is how you know we're in the book of revelations. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, this I don't know if you guys realize that, but we're actively in the book of revelations. Like this is it. This is the end. I know we've been saying that and people say, "Oh, you know, but this is it, guys. Like this we are in the last days." Okay, understand it. And just read Re- Revelations if you think that I'm n- not being truthful. Like, we, it's all over. But when you have, you know, the ability to reach millions of people and, and, to, and to speak to and influence, you know, millions of, of young girls and, you know, white, black, really all over the world and, and have the approval of the president and you know, the first lady and, you know, go to other countries and just do all types of stuff, you know, and even then have the audacity to call yourself a Christian. But then you you, you, you make songs that not only glorify sex, glorify some of the most, I don't even know, I don't even know a strong enough word to, to use, but the most, like, whorish, and, and and disgusting, and just the lack of respectability, like that I've ever experienced in my life. Like I've never heard a woman. I and I know some whores, and what I mean by that is I know women who you know who embrace that lifestyle. I know women who just don't care, and I don't judge them because that's they're they're comfortable with who they are. They don't front about it. They, it is what it is. I'll pray for them, but they accept it, and it, you know that's just who they are. But I know actual whores, freaks. Hoes who are are not as descriptive, who are not as disgusting as Beyonce. And when you look at this song, Drunken Love, and I just, because a lot of, I didn't even know, to be honest, I, mean, I shouldn't say I didn't know, but I never really paid that close attention to make the connection. But do you guys have any idea what she's referring to when she says, what am, I've been drinking, I've been drinking, like, Watermelon? Do you did you do you know what she's referring to, Courtney? Yes, she's talking about semen. Semen. <laughs> Yo, like that's crazy. Listen, listen, listen. See, the the problem with this is, okay, is, is that little girls are. I hear little girls. Not, I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm talking about little girls whose mothers live vicariously through Beyonce. Mothers, 28-year-old moms, 30-year-old moms, 18-year-old moms who who are who look up to her and and want to be her. And these these women, they have children, and these little girls are walking around talking about some surfboard, talking about some I've been drinking. And then as a result, you know, when they put two and two together, we are you guys have to understand the effect that this is having. We are witnessing a transformation unlike any other. This is historic. The it's become the transformation is becoming complete. I'm talking about the transformation. It's been happening. It's been in the mix, in the works for a long time now. But we have, over the last 20 or so years, witnessed 
the the transformation of class and respectability and value of of sex and and, and our bodies we are witnessing the transformation to not only a lack of value but a embracing of of sluttish whorish behavior we are as look around you we are now transforming back to the days and times of Sodom and Gomorrah whether it's through homosexuality whether it's through bestiality Congress has been passing some laws under our nose that nobody seems to care about or hear about that are making certain things legal that have no business being legal but just the overall mentality it's becoming cool it's becoming socially acceptable to be a whore it's becoming socially acceptable to not give a damn about your body. This, I mean, it's happening right be, be, before our eyes. These, the next generation, it will be totally going right now. You guys got to understand, there are some people who are still a part of the old generation where women actually respected their bodies. You still see those people, not just like the old people, but I'm talking about people who are still young enough to be like, yeah, I still have some class. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, that's not me. I still got a little Claire Huxtable in me because I'm old enough to remember watching what it meant to be a classy mom, a classy wife on television Like I remember, from an entertainment standpoint. This next generation will have none of that. You guys realize, at least like people like me, even Courtney, who's a little bit younger, they can still remember positive images. We are approaching a time in history where the next generation will have no positive current images. Now, if they want to get on YouTube and they want to go ahead and look up some old TV shows, I mean, but who does, who's really going to do that? Now all they see, all they will see is the love and hip-hops, the basketball wives. You know, the housewives, these video hoes, the Beyonce's. She's talking about semen. She's talking about sucking on penises. You guys, for people who may just so you, you know, I would think that everybody would know, but just so you know, watermelon has seeds in it. Men call, and evidently women call also, you know, <laughs> semen, it has, you know, that's my seed. If I have a child, that's my seed. The, the, you know, semen carries, you know, the, the sperm cells are, are little babies. It's, you know, those are future seeds. Rappers talk about that, rap about all the time. Oh, yeah, you swallowed my kids and my seeds. You know what I'm saying? She's talking about a, a man ejaculating inside of her and, and her drinking semen. I, I'm just like... the. And I mean, who thinks that that's okay to talk about? Who and and people will say and they'll defend her and say, well, you know, that's a married woman. That's even worse. People are idiots, and I don't care who you are, but you are an idiot if you think that's okay. I'm just being real. I, you, anyone who thinks that that's okay is an idiot. Period. Point blank. That that is not okay. You know, marriage is meant. Be, to be between a man and a woman Okay I would be an idiot 
if I got up here and talked about the sexual, you know, nature of my wife and I, you know what I'm saying, what happened, that's, that's just ridiculous. I would be, I would sound ridiculous, let alone making jokes and songs and, you know, coming up with creative, like, that's just crazy. And you'd even look at my wife even crazier if she was talking about what we did. Like, you see what I'm saying? Who, but let let somebody that you know go ahead and, and talk like Beyonce's talking about what, you'd look at them like they were crazy. Everybody's like, wow, 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 you know what, that's true, I would. And the only reason that you don't look at Beyonce is, like, as crazy as that is specifically because she's been protected by the spirit of the Antichrist. And people don't seem to understand or want to understand what the word says about that. They want to just be like, oh, okay, whatever, nah, y'all judging, y'all tripping. Nah, it's, you're only saying that because it's her. If that was your aunt talking about that or your best friend who you don't even really like talking about what she does with her boyfriend, you know, how she's been drinking, you'd be like, yo, what the heck? Let one of your Facebook friends update their status about them, you know, performing oral sex on anybody, husband, boyfriend, fiance, whatever. You'd be like, oh, she's a hoe. I promise you, you would. But because, because and only because it's Beyonce, y'all, you know what I'm saying? People want to debate and they want to defend and nobody seems to see, like, why that's okay. And it's only okay because, as I said earlier, we're in the book of Revelations. We are, you know, she is not the Antichrist. Don't get it twisted. But she is an Antichrist. As the word says, it says there will be an Antichrist coming, as there have been Antichrist here before. The Bible says that. That means there are people here operating under the spirit of the Antichrist. That is in the Bible. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? It's it's just amazing because I mean I I see it clearly and you know so do you, and the control that artists like you know Beyonce has you know over um, you know a lot of women really mainly black women it's it's crazy you know it causes people to argue with you, and I hear that defense all the time, well, she's married, and they'll come up with all of these excuses. I've seen people get into arguments, you know, just because someone offered a different opinion about Beyonce, as if they knew Beyonce personally, the people arguing. And it's it's crazy because to me it's common sense that, you know, what she's doing is whorish, but it's that control that she has. I'm I'm glad you uh you you uh like really were specific with it because let's be honest guys it's black women I've never heard a white woman you know uh making excuses for whorish behavior never and I've been around white people my whole life you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying there aren't white whores because clearly they are. But I'm just saying, I've never personally heard anyone. I've seen white whores. But typically, you don't see women other than African-American women, unfortunately, making excuses and defending whorish behavior. I was I was somewhere where there were a whole bunch of uh, white women, in fact, and, and, and women were actually... Um, talking about it and saying, well, you know, she just, when she came out on the Grammys, she was like, well, that was just too much. I mean, this is prime time and, you know, kids are watching. You see, you know, her coming out in, a, in practically a thong. I mean, that's just, 
But yet when you look at black women or Facebook, it's like, oh, yeah, Beyonce killed it. I'm just like, like killed what? Like, what are you talking about? You How do you kill something when you're prancing around like a oh, but So I just want I don't even want to talk about it too much because, like I said, we did that whole show. But I did just want to talk about that just watermelon because a lot of people really didn't know what that meant. Like, wow, what does that mean? It means she's talking about sucking. Mm, you know what she's sucking. Okay, husband or not, that's whorish behavior. Okay, I mean, there's no ifs ands or buts about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That makes you almost want to play this song right now and just you know let y'all hear like what, like what is she talking about? Now, surfboard. Courtney, you ever been surfing? Yes. What? The heck? Oh, okay. Wait, wait a minute. What are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about surfing on the ocean. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Now, if any, I mean, I think people should realize that. I mean, that is, you know, she's speaking about sex. Okay. I mean, riding, you know, as you would ride, like basically, but not just riding. But I don't know if you guys know when you're surfing. The way you start out surfing is you lay down face down on the surfboard, you kind of doggy paddle, and then when you hit the right wave, you, you stand up on the, on the surfboard and you go for a little ride. That is basically what she's referring to. And, you know, and I'm not knocking that. There's a place for that in the bedroom. There's a place for that amongst couples, husband and wives. There's a place for that, but that place is in the bedroom. And the problem with it is, is that these kids, they're not, I know it because I see it. These kids are not differentiating, okay, this is a married woman speaking about, you know, how things should be within the context of a marriage. That's, they're not making that connection. They're just saying, oh, okay, this is this is what being a woman is all about. This is what being sought after is all, all about. I have to drink watermelon. I have to surfboard to get a man to like me. So as a result, these kids are going out here having sex. I want to be bootylicious, so I'm going to have sex to make my, make my hips grow bigger, make my thighs get bigger. You know, I'm going to make a movie because Beyonce comes out with a song talking about something, I'm going to dance for you, where she's singing in front of and dancing, doing a strip tease in front of a, a, a man. An old white man at that. You see, like that's a problem, and as and, I'm, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's not Beyonce's job to, you know, to to do the job of these parents, which that I agree with. I agree, it's not her job. It's not her job. But two things: one, it's these parents have to do their jobs, and they're not doing that. In fact, the problem is these single moms who are who love Beyonce. But that's one problem. But then the bigger problem is, as an entertainer, you have to be responsible and you have to know your audience. You have to do that. Don't go into these schools, you know, talking to these kids about being healthy and respectability and, you know what I'm saying, and, and you know, having a future and try to act like you're some type of freaking role model. But then you, But then you go out there talking about sex, talking about, you know, penises, talking about surfboarding, you know, talking about something can't stop staring at my fatty. I'm like, you, you look like a, a crack whore. But, you know, it is what it is, Courtney. What else can we, I mean, we got. I want to do some advice questions tonight. 
You know, we actually have some interesting advice questions. We're used to guys, you guys used to hearing some advice questions from the ladies asking for feedback and, and, and guidance. But we actually have two interesting questions from men who actually wrote into the show who are looking to uh, get some feedback on um, what's going on in their in their particular relationship. So I want to, I definitely want to, uh, I want to talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Surfboard. I mean, not to mention. I mean, this is just like on a whole, you know, another thing. But you guys know that's that's you know that she's being racist when she says that, right? I don't know if you guys because we talk about that a lot. I don't want to just ignore it. I haven't really heard anybody talk about it, but you know, listen, guys, when you take another race, you know, because I'm see, I've grown up around white people, so I was often the recipient of many discriminatory comments, downright racist comments. I've been called a nigger. You know, I've been face-to-face with the Klan in, in Indiana, Pennsylvania. You know, I mean, that's just, lit- I mean, literally, that's not a joke. I mean, I actually have been. I was uh, the president of the Black Student League at one point in my school, my college, and, you know, we organized an anti-Klan rally um, for downtown Indiana, and, you know, and that actually happened. And, you know, I was like, you know, white hoods and everything. Saw it right there. You know, you know, so I've seen that, but my point is, when you do, when you make racist jokes, when you make discriminatory comments against other races, I mean that's just as bad. I mean, look, I mean Kevin Hart and Monique. I mean, you know uh, Cheryl Underwood. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, you see so many black co- comedians making racist, downright racist jokes about other races, and then we have the audacity that. To say something, the moment something said about us, you guys know, like when she does that voice imitating a white person. You guys, I mean, you know that, right? But let 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 a white person get up on YouTube or on TV and in any way mock or imitate a black person and their way of speaking, like yo yo yo, what up, my nigga? Yo yo, what up, my G? like? You let a white person be coming at you like that or imitate some type of ghetto. Hood rat chick, everybody wants to riot, everybody wants to fight because, oh, that was racist, that was discriminatory. But it's okay for Beyonce to come out of nowhere talking about some surfboard, talking talking like some old rich, you know, uh, hillbilly or something. Like, you know, I mean, that, is that not racist, Courtney? Is that not a racist comment? I didn't even look at it that way. I, I Like I said on Facebook, when you posted all of this about the song, I have been so ignorant about all of the things that she was, you know, talking about. I didn't even know that she meant it like that. I believe you. I get it now, but, yeah, I didn't know before. Oh, yeah, yeah, just just listen to it. Just listen to the way she – she doesn't just say surfboard, but basically she's saying because white people predominantly are known to surf. Black people are not known for surfing, so that's why she says it like that. She says it in like that, that white, you know, extra proper, you know, voice, surfboard. You know, you got it's very. You know, it's not, I mean, it's, yeah, surfboard. Like she's she's imitating a white person, basically. You see what I'm saying? Like that's racist. You know what I'm saying? And black people had the audacity to 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 sing it and to you know what I mean? And and I guess I'm the only person in the world who sees a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? And it's ridiculous. And that's that's one of the issues that I have with the black community is the hypocrisy that exists. You know, it's okay for Monique to sit up on the Monique show and refer to Japanese people as Japs when her ignorance doesn't tell her that that's actually the equivalent of calling a black person nigger. 
stupid chick. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what an idiot. Like, that's the equivalent of, you know what I'm saying? But yet she, and, and people actually laughed. You feel what I'm saying? And, and that's the ignorance that exists because most people don't didn't even know that. But then we'll still even we'll laugh at it as if it's no big deal. But then have the but want to protest when when something is is done wrong and you know what I'm saying to us as a people. <laughs> it's it's crazy out here, you know. People make racist comments towards you know Jews and you know Arabs. I mean I mean it's just it's crazy. You know pack, calling calling Chinese. Koreans and you know calling people Habib and you know when it's like yo like what are you like they're not that's not even his name but let a white person just refer to somebody as Tyrone it's like okay whatever let's let's fight let's, let's you know what I'm saying everybody's up in arms about the uh, what's the guy's name down in uh guy who was shot Dunn Michael Dunn is that his name Courtney mhm mhm yeah. Now, I mentioned this on Facebook briefly. You know, a lot of people are talking about it. If you guys aren't familiar, situation where a white guy was, uh, you know, black guys were playing some music evidently, and, you know, a white guy, you know, was pissed off. He went over, you know, shot up, shot one of the guys. The kid died. Now, I mean, from what I know, that was, for me, you know, what I would have expected you know what I'm saying, from like a Trayvon Martin type of situation. Like that was what the media tried to make Trayvon Martin. Like that was an injustice. Because you guys know me, I've been very vocal about the Trayvon George Zimmerman case. That was a tragedy. You know, I shouldn't, well, Trayvon Martin was a tragedy also. But that was an actual crime, I should say. You understand what I'm saying? If you're playing music, somebody doesn't like how you're playing the music, you walk over and shoot somebody, they're like in cold blood, there is no altercation, there is no threat of violence, there is no provocation, and he just shoot like that's cold blooded first degree murder. Point blank in the story. There are witnesses, there is a murder weapon, it's an open and shut case. And and the fact that the jury did not find you know, him guilty of, you know, premeditated murder one or if certainly murder two, that is an injustice. And I'm and I'm I'm speaking from a legal person, not just from an emotional but from a legal perspective. That is an injustice. Okay? But that again, because of all there was no reasonable doubt, there were witnesses there was a murder weapon. There was motive. There was all of the above. Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, none of those things existed. You understand that? We're not talking about circumstantial ever. We're talking about actual evidence. So hopefully justice will be done in that situation. But I just want to encourage people to look, like, stop thinking and reacting from emotion and start looking at things from, from a legal perspective. Now, if you don't want to look at things from a legal perspective, or I should say if you don't like the legal system as it is, then do something about it, okay? Run for public office. Write a letter to your congressman. Get a petition. Like back in when I, I mean, like when I was uh and uh <clears throat> in college my fraternity we uh we we saw an injustice you know i remember one day in in, the, in my dorm i was like wow you know what we're in the dorm and we got bet 
But then when I moved off campus, you know, into the white, you know, predominantly white neighborhoods, like off campus, there was no BET. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? I would want to watch BET, so I have to go to the on campus somewhere to watch BET or go to my you know, go to a friend's room if I wanted. That's back when I watched BET like that. <clears throat> and so what I did was I said, wow, you know what, fellas, let's, let's do some stuff here. Like, we got over 5,000 signatures from off-campus and on-campus residents, and we sent it to the local cable company. And as a result now, off-campus residents of Indiana, Pennsylvania have BET. You feel what I'm saying? That's something that we did. We saw a need for. We took action, and we made it happen. We made a change. People are sitting up here nowadays. They don't take action. All they do is complain, and nothing gets done. You see what I'm saying? I wonder how many people actually wrote letters about uh, about uh, stand your ground. You know what I'm saying? I wonder how many people. Because if you didn't, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing to say. It's not going to change on its own. I mean, to be honest with you, there's nothing wrong with the law. To be, I mean, but that's a whole other show. I don't even want to. Because the law isn't the problem. Because I promise you, if I'm sitting out with my wife and my daughter, and I got my gun on my hip and somebody walks up on me, I don't have to run. You see what I'm saying? I'm okay. I'm allowed to stand my ground and shoot that person if I feel my life is in danger, and I should be able to do that. So that's not a, the the law isn't the problem. You see what I'm saying? It's it's you know often the police interpretation of the law. It's you know people's lack of understanding about what the law actually entails which is why we often have, you know, conflicts and, you know, different debates and things like that. But, the, I mean, the law itself, I don't I don't see a problem with the law. But that's just me. Anything, I mean, you know, anything you want to say about that uh, case or any of these cases, Courtney? Well, I mean, the only thing I would say is I agree with the law as well. And I just think that, you know, people need to just stay informed about, you know, what is really going on, um, like you said, from a legal perspective. I just think just seeing how people interact and they argue on Facebook and, you know, in, in other um, areas um, or in the media or whatever, it's just it seems like people just like to argue just to argue. You know, so it's not like they actually um, really have – you know, means to be arguing. It's just it's just something that people like to do. But then, you know, once the situation, once the case blows over, then people go back to living their everyday lives as if it didn't happen. There is no action that's been taken. You know, until you know another another tragedy happens, then people want to argue. Oh, you know, they want to be all up in arms. And then once that blows over, back to you know back to how things were. So um, I just find that funny. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we're seeing now is a lot of people, you know, that oh, I'm I'm gonna boycott Florida. And, you know, it's, it was negative. This has been the worst winter in the city in the history of, uh, I mean, that I can remember. And Pico, the electric company here, is saying it's been the worst ever. You know, as far as power outages and just problems caused by, you know, so this is will go down in history as one of the worst winters ever. Certainly, the worst winter that I can remember, uh, but. You know, I hear, but that being said, I hear all the time, oh, man, I'm going out to Miami. I wish I was down Florida. I'm going to move down Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida. It's like, what, what the heck? I thought, I thought she was boycotting Florida. 
Uh, you know, guess not. But whatever. Um, I you well, know, we'll take some calls though. Like I said, we'll take calls tonight. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypad. Any questions, comments, thoughts, feedback, anything, uh, situations. We're about to get into some really good uh, ask state on advice questions. But you know how we do on Advice Mondays. This is. You know, Mondays, I tell you guys all the time, man, Mondays after a, a long hiatus, you know, have historically been, you know, some of the realest shows ever. But uh, this is what we do. But I do see a call on the line from the 203 area code. Welcome to Advice Mondays. Hello, are you there? Hello, Welcome you to the show. Okay, got their volume up a little. I don't know. I mean, give us a call back. I think I had the volume up a little too loud. But, yeah, man, 646-200-0366. Some weirdos out here, some psychos, but that's nothing new to this show. One one of the things never <laughs> fails. One of the things though that I did want to talk about, um, just in regard to ignorance, I did want to tell you I posted online the other day, man. Look, if you're ignorant and you know you're ignorant, like some people know they're ignorant. Like you know you're just not that smart. You know that you don't have the best vocabulary, you know that you're just ignorant. You know what I mean? Let's just be let's cut the crap, let's you know you're not that well spoken. Don't try to use these big, long, drawn-out, thought-out words, especially when you know or or are unsure of the proper context in which they should be used. You feel like just don't do it. It sounds ridiculous. Like or or even a topic. If you know you're not familiar with the topic, you know whether it's from a legal perspective or just you know any perspective. Like you just know you're not like me. If I don't know about something, I'll either tell you I don't know about it or I just won't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to sit here and perpetrate like, I, you know, I'm just this big expert. Courtney's the same way. If I say, Courtney, what do you think? Well, she's like, hey, look, I don't know about that. I don't have an opinion. Like, okay, cool. Keep it moving. But don't sit up here and act like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't use all these words when you don't even know the proper context, let alone the definition. I'm, I'm sure you, you see it all the time, right? I do. I see it online. I see it in person. And it's embarrassing. It really is. Crazy out here, man. Anyway, it's real crazy. Um, what else? What else can we talk about tonight? Um, so I mean, yeah, but there's that. I just had to speak on that for because I see. I mean, I see it all the time, man. It's like y'all, just don't even put that up there. And and, and I, I'm not like the Facebook police, but I mean, I mean, like when I post something, I get ready to post something. Like if you see that little red line. Under a word That means it's not spelled properly You know Or if you see something like It, it usually will tell you That it's that's not the way it should be written If you see that It's best to not just press post anyway I mean, I'm not saying like every little thing But like if your your whole post Is just grammatically incorrect Like why would you post that I mean I'll post something And I'll get mad if there's just a little Small typo I'll get pissed off. I'm like, dang. You know, this is before you could actually go back and edit the post. I'm so glad you can now edit the post. Before you couldn't do that. And I would just, like, be pissed off because now it had to just stay there unless you feel like deleting the whole thing and posting it again. But some people's whole post will be jacked up. But it is what it is. Just saying. I mean, but, you know, I'm not, not judging. I'm just asking nicely to, you know, don't be ignorant. I think that's – I think that's um, – Okay, I don't think that's out of the question. One thing that I did want to talk about, um, a lot of stuff to talk about. Like I said, man, it's been a while since we were alive. But um, on Facebook, 
I see a lot of I see a lot of women, I interact with a lot of women who question their status, who complain about their relationship status, who discuss the lack of good men, discuss, you know, oh, these guys this, these guys that, da 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 But I go on those pages, I may click on a picture, I may click on an album, and literally all you see is, is you know, compliments and, and comments from other men, you know, flirting with them, you know, women will see them and see those things and, you know, flirt back and, you know, uh, give those very flirtatious comments the thumbs up, oh, thank you, with a smiley face. You know, ladies, I'm just telling you, you know that's going to keep you single, right? I'm just letting you know that that will keep you single indefinitely. When you flirt back with men who are targeting you for sex, that basically lets all men or everybody else watching that know, like, okay, this you are receptive to that sexual advance. You are okay being targeted by you know by his you know by this man or by these men. You find that to be entertaining. And there's not a man on the planet who's going to wife up, not a godly man, a true man of God, who will who will see that and be like, Oh, okay, yeah, she's you know, this is my future wife. And women, for whatever reason, they think that it's cute. They think that it's funny. You know, it's like, oh, okay, let me just, yeah, I know I don't want to be with this guy, but I'm still going to flirt with him. Do you, I mean, is, is that something you've ever been guilty of? Yes. Mm-hmm. I I have been guilty of flirting on my page. Um, you know, guys used to make comments, um, sexual comments, uh, underneath my pictures, and I would flirt back, and a lot of LOLs back and forth, and I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought that if anything, a guy that was interested in me, if he saw that, he would just look at that and say, "Oh wow, she's very desirable," or a lot of men must want her, so I have to have her. Right, right. I mean, it is. It's it's unfortunate, uh, but a lot of women do think that that's cute. A lot of women think that that's sexy. They think it will make them seem more desirable. But all it does in reality is make them very much so undesirable, you know, and it will actually cause them to attract men who only want to uh, have sex with them. Ladies, understand, men will compete for that booty, but will not compete for your heart. Okay, I understand that. Meaning what I'm saying is if a man sees another man flirting with you, oh, yeah, he might flirt with you or whatever, you know, that's just, okay, yeah, I can hit this first. And then it becomes a competition. Men are very competitive. But nobody's going to, if somebody's looking for a wife, if they're considering you in that manner, they're not going to see that stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he's flirting with her, but let me still, you know, try to get up in there. No, that's... (laughs) That does not happen. That's some stuff Steve Harvey would do. Like you know what I'm saying? Like no, that's, nobody does that. Okay, these weirdos out here do that, but not not you know not these guys who you know know their worth, know their value, you know, and and trust God to bless them with the true de- desire of their heart. Well, hopefully, hopefully that's clear to everybody. Um, I've been watching, you know, this new season. Uh, Courtney, real quick, did you watch the Olympics at all? 
No. You're just not in the like, uh, what, no sex? Um, I'm sorry, that was inappropriate. That was <laughs> said off the air. My bad. I'm, I meant to say that when we have our meetings privately. I apologize. <laughs> sorry. Why, did, no, why don't you I just, watch I just don't. I just don't. I that's um, one thing I I don't get into. Not because it wasn't sex. Because um, I do watch sports. Just I don't get into the Olympics. Got you. Yeah, you know what? I've. I mean, I've not really ever really been into uh, the the Winter Olympics. Although Dominique Dawes, you know, shout out to her from back in the day. Shout out to. Um, uh, you got who is the other black uh the black figure skater? Uh uh Debbie somebody somebody posting. I know y'all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. The fellas know who I'm talking about. Debbie Thomas. The fellas know who I'm talking about from back in the day. Shout out to her. She won the silver or the bronze in, in figure skating back in the day. I remember y'all that that's when I was into it, but other than you know, now not not so much. But um, yeah. But you know, um, you know, I've been watching some reality TV, um, you know, over the uh, last couple of weeks, and a couple of interesting things that I, I, like I told y'all earlier, that that I felt would be good teaching tools. One of them being the situation with Todd and Candy on The Housewives of Atlanta. I want you guys to now. Like I said, I don't talk about everything. I don't talk about everybody. But this is, and I've been saying this. We've, we've, ta- I talked about Candy when she was with AJ, you know, and we did a whole show that I think the day after, maybe the day of, when he died, and and just the level of emotional unavailability that existed then, and has still carried on to, you know, her into her re- current relationship. Understand, they are going to break up any day now. Any day now, you're going to turn on the TV, you're going to read the newspapers. Todd and Candy have broke. I promise you, I guarantee it. I would empty my bank account on it, you know, and put it all up on it. Trust me on that one. And the, again, as I said earlier in this show, I'm not wishing them bad, but I'm just promising you that will happen. Mainly because Candy happens to be one of, if not the most emotionally unavailable woman that I've ever seen. Okay, the level of emotional unavailability that she brings to the table, the baggage, the that smile that she uses to hide, you know, so much hurt and pain, and it's just, it's it's really unfortunate, and uh, and Ty can see it, and everybody can see it, and you know, he even told her, you know, the fact that she has an inability or an unwillingness to stand up to her mom. Even while her mom is blatantly disrespecting Todd and has disrespected him on a number of occasions, he even said on the show, he was like, look, it's about to get to the point where I'm about to just be like, look, we can be friends, which is a whole other show in and of itself, you know what I'm saying? Because you know what that means. That's basically saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm fed up with your mom. I'm pissed off at you. So I don't really want to be with you. I'm not going to marry you. But, but what, Courtney? We could still have sex. Right, I can still smash. I can still take advantage of uh, uh, was it uh, what's a stupid thing called bedroom candy or some stupid crap? <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, I don't even know what to say about them. But yeah, that is so. That situation is so temporary. It's not. I mean, the fact that you guys got to realize a man has to always feel like a man. And it's a woman's job 
to not make that man feel like a man, but to to create an environment where he does not have a hard time doing what men are naturally supposed to do. I want I want to let you, I want that to marinate for a little bit. It's the woman's job to facilitate the environment that allows a man to do what men are supposed to do. For example, and this is probably a bad example, but it's the only example I can think of off the top of my head at this moment. I remember an episode of T.I. and Tiny where T.I. was like, he said to Tiny, he was like, look, you know, I don't need you to make money. He said, I just need you to uh, make it easy for me to make money. You know, and that is it. that pretty much sums up, you know, what, you know, how it should be. You know, whether that means you working, whether that means you you know, allowing him to work and, 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 you know, creating a home, a happy home and maintain. I mean, whatever the arrangement is, you have to allow him to do what he's supposed to do. My wife does a good job of allowing me to do what I need to do. If you guys don't do, you know, do those things and not only not do those things, but make it difficult for us to do what we have, it's not going to work. Candy makes his life a living hell. She allows her mom to make his life a living hell. In turn, that's her making his life a living hell. He, men don't like drama. All the drama that she has created and, and facilita- facilitated is pushing him away slowly but surely. And he's no, by no means, you know, an elite man. I mean, let's, he's clearly not a man of God. Talking about some, yeah, I got this. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? You got what? What are you talking? You're about to get knocked out by Peter. Man, Peter's like 80 years old, and you're about to get... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm going to tell y'all something, man. I'm about to... Yo, I, 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 I really, I'm actually... Peter is slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite reality characters of all time. You know, I'm, I'm just being real. I like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like one of those no-nonsense types of guy. I mean, he's got his issues, but he just be playing people, you know, and especially how he played Nene. I, I, oh, man, did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Yo, he's – I mean, I should probably post it. In the, in the, he said, she was talking. He's like, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't really give a – you know what I'm saying? He's like, I could be, be honest with you. He said, I really don't give a – you know what I'm saying? And he just walked away talking about something. Like, Yo, let's just talk about this another. I was like, Yo, he just played her. And not only does he play her, like the, you know, anybody, but he'll play like their their boyfriend and like their husband. He don't even be caring. Like, it's, so nah, he's he's the he's the man. But uh, and he, the way he played Todd too, man. Todd has no backbone. No, and I have no respect for men who have no backbone. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just so. <laughs> Peter Straight said, "You know the rules." He told my son, "What, what rules?" He said, "You know the rules." He said, "You know the rules, man." And, and got chumped in front of Candy. But anyway, but you see what I'm saying? Like that—that's one of those situations where, you know, you can't expect to find yourself in that type of situation where there's no peace, there's constant strife, you know, there's constant. Um, drama And expect that man to continue Willingly subjecting himself to it A lot of women think Oh okay yeah we have all this drama On a daily basis but You know He's just going to keep coming back Because I got that good stuff Like Kenny Your your hair is red 
You know what I mean? Like, you look ridiculous. And so a lot of women, I'm just telling you all, man, sex is nothing. It's not too many men going crazy over 40-year-old, you know, sex. And that's no disrespect to the 40-year-olds. I'm just saying, if that man is still with you, trust me, it ain't because of the sex. I can promise you that. You got to bring a whole heck of a lot more to the table than just uh, the, just the, the, the surfboard. You know what I'm saying? Any thoughts on that? I'm sure, I mean, at one point you thought it was all about sex, Courtney. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And it was only after I got played that let me know that that had absolutely nothing to do with it because men can get it any time and any day. It's, it's nothing. But, yeah, I used to think that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, it's definitely unfortunate that a lot of times people have not, you know, been brought up to value their bodies. I remember my mom, you know, she used to always tell all of us, you know, and specifically my sister, that your body is a temple. You know, like that's just what it is. Your body is a temple and you are to respect it. You know, I mean, how I wonder, I wonder what if if that message is being conveyed by these moms who love Beyonce. <clears throat> I mean, how do you even? I wonder if that's the message that Beyonce is conveying to Blue Ivy. You know, I mean, how how can it be? You know what I mean? That now that would be the ultimate hypocrisy, right? I'm just you know being real with you. So, I always got to look at it like that, man. What else can we talk about tonight, man? What y'all want to talk about? You know, let's talk about these moms. Back to moms. I was saying online earlier that, speaking of moms, great mothers do not allow themselves to be anyone's friends with benefits, jump off, or booty call, specifically because they understand the negative effect that that type of behavior will have on their children and how those children will view relationships when they're older. Because let's be honest about it. You know, I mean, if you're having, you know, if you're surfboarding and you're you're, you're drinking, you've been out drinking, you know, drinking other man's uh, other men's semen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's not how can a man respect you? How can a man respect you? I mean, really, how can Jay Z respect Beyonce when she when he allows her? You know, to to prance around butt naked on stage for for other men to to lust after. You don't you don't respect a woman like that. That's like a pimp respecting his hoe. Pimps the pimps make money from their hoes, but they don't respect them because they're hoes. Jay Z Beyonce is Jay Z's hoe. He didn't respect her. He strung her along for what ten years before he married her. I mean, come on, let's be let's be serious here. A lot of women they think that that's. We've talked, you know, a lot over the years about, you know, why so many women love Beyonce and, you know, women like Olivia Pope and, and being Mary Jane is because they, they validate their own uh, hoish and unfortunate relationship circumstances. You know, let's be honest. I mean, how many women have been strung along for five years, for ten years, and hoping for a ring that never came? But Beyonce got a ring after ten years. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's work for her, so... That's you know. Let me. It didn't really necessarily work for me, but it, it at least gives me hope. You know, yeah, she sings and you know about freakum dresses, and I wear freakum dresses, and you know she surfboards, and I just got finished surfboarding, and she drinks, and 
You know, I I, I just got finished drinking the other night. So, all right, cool. Yeah, Beyonce, she killed it. No, it's it's. You see what I'm saying? Like that is not. It should not give you hope. What should give you hope is, you know, respectable, loving, godly relationships. That and nothing but that. Am I right, Courtney? Yes, I agree with everything you said. I, I um, it it amazes me. I'll say this. It amazes me that. You know, parents that live that lifestyle, they don't understand the effect that it has on their children. Just saying, you know, oh, well, it's this is me and my life, and, and it has nothing to do with my child. But people don't understand. Like, kids are like sponges, you know, so they're very impressionable. So they're watching everything. They're watching your every move. So if they're seeing that you are being used and you're allowing yourself to, you know, be a jump off or be in, in and out of, you know, bad relationships, that's all they know. So when they grow up as adults, that's the same type of relationships that they will have. So know your problem is not your own. It's become your child's as well. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, it's funny, I was saying earlier how we are actually uh, in the the book of Revelations, you know what I'm saying, as we speak. And, um, I mean, look. Just look at my page. I just posted on my page. Look at. Just go to my Facebook page right now. I say God is the only true relationship expert. Following advice that is given from a biblical perspective is guaranteed to steer you in the wrong direction. Somebody writes on my page. She says, "Not necessarily true." Really? Now, see, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> How is that not true? Just go ahead. Take a look. Take a look. It's crazy. There, are, you see, and people. I mean, how do you even? Disagree with something like that Man I mean just I, I say is pray for individuals like that though Because when you When you feel the need to say certain things You know to Not go against me But to actually go against God Head to head And to say that he's not the only true Like this You know it's, You gotta be You're in a certain Place that's not healthy Spiritually uh, But anyway But I was watching a reality show um, what was it? The basketball wise, basketball wise, L.A. And uh, if you guys go through the archives, you know, maybe even a couple of years ago, we tackled the original basketball wise L.A. cast, and uh, that was a very we we kind of did you know how we do our in depth analyzations of each character, and you know that was a very informative show, and uh, and I'm not sure we'll do that this season because this is just a bunch of foolishness to be honest with you, not really any anything that we don't already talk about on a regular basis, but. I was watching it, and I was just like, wow. Before, you had people like Jackie who were, you know, just like the most horrible and immature and, you know, trying to start drama for no reason. But but now you have she, at least at this point in the season, and it's still, you know, relatively early, but I'm sure you, you know, give her time, she'll show her two colors, but... I mean, she was actually speaking with the most sense. You know what I'm saying? You had women like Drea and, and, and uh, British who were speaking about their uh, their trust issues and you know how it's okay if men, if their men cheat, just you know don't let them find out about. It. I'm just like she's like, yeah, I'm okay with my man cheating. And I'm like, what? She's like, as long as I don't know about. it, I mean, yeah, I love him, but you know, I mean, I know he's over in another country and. You know, there's nothing I can do, and as long as I don't know about it, I'm okay. I'm like, don't you understand that's where HIV comes from? 
Because you're not going to use a, a condom with your husband. But you're saying you're okay with him having sex with other women, and then you're just taking, yo, I'm just going to take a chance with my life. That's crazy. I mean, is that, is that, am I the only person that thinks that, that that whole way of thinking is crazy? No, but the funny part is I've actually sat in on conversations with women, and they've said that, the same thing verbatim, you know, I know that he's, or, you know, he could possibly be cheating on me, but as long as I don't find out about it. That is so common. I hear that so much. And it's sad. It really is. Yeah. I mean, even I was looking at Drea, um, who was was just going on and on about how, you know, she loves her man and she wants to be with him forever and how she wants to be a wife, but she doesn't trust him. She says she doesn't trust any man, and she's. She, I'm just like, why? So how do you love somebody but you don't trust them? So I said, well, look, I mean, that's obviously not love. That means if you don't trust someone, that means you you don't have, you you have a fear, you know, of what that person might do, and you know, you know what the Bible says about, you know, fear and love. I mean, they they don't go, in the same sentence together. And so it's you know it's just really unfortunate that some people have been so conditioned. To, to have a lack of trust, to hate, to be negative, because that's just all they've seen. You know, I, funny thing is, I actually the the, the girl uh, Sunday, I I know she's from Philly. She used to be in the club around the same time when I was in the club. I used to see her all like almost every other week. We used to be at all the same events. I mean, she I don't know if you guys watch it, but yeah, she's uh she's straight from Philly. Me and her are like around the same age. And uh, people I used to hang out with, you know, we used to see her all the time. I was just telling my wife, I was like, wow, that's I know all about it. I used to see her in the strip clubs, man. <laughs> that's funny. Small, small world. But, uh, yeah, are you into that, into uh, this season, Courtney? Yeah, I started watching it. I didn't see it tonight, but I saw it last week. So, yeah, starting getting into it. It should be interesting to see how it turns out. Probably see a couple of fights, some more drama. It was on the borderline of getting canceled, so I'm sure they'll, you know, try to spice it up uh, a little bit this season. Um, I want to get these uh, advice questions out the way because I definitely want to, you know, I'm not going to be here all night, but definitely wanted to um, touch on some of these interesting questions from over the last few weeks. Uh, where should we start? I think I think we touched on this. I don't think it was in on the show, but there was a discussion about it in the group. Someone asked, a young woman asked, how soon after you start talking to a guy is too soon to go on a trip with him out of the country? I know there was a, a thread about that. Courtney, what advice would you give to that woman or any woman who's contemplating taking a trip out of the country with someone? Oh, wow. Um, I, I, I guess to answer that question I think it's too soon simply because she has to ask, and it doesn't sound like she's in a relationship with that man either. It sounds like there is a lot of doubt there. So with that being said, I would just say it's too soon. I mean, I know couples that aren't married that go on vacation with each other, but this does not seem like one of those um, situations. So I would just say don't. Um, Don't do it. I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about earlier on, you know, where, you you, you know, premature sex 
is the worst type of sex. And I think it's, um, you know, it's a type of situation where men will will engineer these types of situations specifically for sex, whereas women will go along with that, kind of some most of the time knowing what it is, but then still hoping that it will be something else. You know, afterwards, it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to Vegas. Like, we're going to take a trip to Cancun together, and you know, it's it, it just ends up being a big waste of time because it, the man spends you know all this money just for, just to get some sex when you could have did that for free, and the woman you know goes and gives her body to a man who's basically just trying to have you know have a little bit of fun, and it just ends up being a, a big waste of time on both on both sides. So. You know, how soon after, like you said, Corey, this isn't a relationship. How soon after you start talking to a guy? What does that even mean? Oh, we're talking. What do you mean you're talking to that? I mean, what are we, like, in high school? Who even says that anymore? You know, oh, yeah, we're just talking. So no one is going to take that trip. I mean, you can say you're not. You can act like you're not. But if you're going out of town with someone, 99.9% of the time, you know, sex is going down. You're not paying an extra $300 a night to have your own room. I mean, let's just cut the crap there. You're going to get one room. You're going to sleep in one bed. You're going to be like, okay, you stay on this side. Oh, yeah, that'll last for about 17 minutes. And then, you know, after that, clothes will be off. You know what I mean? Let's let's just, ladies, stop playing the games. The, the sex game show is coming up. Because I know this is a Christian show, but like I told y'all, I mean, we still have to continue talking about, you know, being honest and being real, and the sex games have to stop. I mean, the tug of war with the panties, the, oh, no, we can grind but not have sex. I mean, it's, just stop it. Oh, yeah, I'll let you eat me out but not be able to stick it. I mean, like, it's ridiculous. If you're going to do it, then do it. If you're not, if you're gonna live for God and you're gonna do things the Bible way, then do that. But don't don't straddle the fence. Don't you know? Just stop it. Okay. Oh, you can come over, but you gotta sleep on. I'll sleep under the covers. You sleep on top of the covers. Don't touch me. Just lay. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, these are like you be. I'm saying these are all true stories. These are all things that women have said to me specifically, and to multiple men that I know. Okay, so let's just cut the crap, guys. The game, I mean, these are like 30-year-old women, 20-year-old women, you know, 25, 27, grown women, 40-year-old women playing these sex games. Okay, just and it's great. Christian women, pastors, reverends, choir singers. It's crazy out here, man. You guys remember, the, who remembers the show, the Keeping It Real Fridays with the pastor who was, who is it? You know, say who remembers it? I know y'all remember that. I know you remember Courtney. Mm-hmm. Don't don't yeah. let me dig it out the out the archives real quick. You know what I mean? But yeah, we did a show. A pastor was a uh, was a freak. Was was somebody's was somebody's jump off. So, um, Courtney, real quick, if you could give some advice, okay, to a woman right now who is currently in a non-committal sexual situation, what advice would it be? I I would say my advice to her would be, and I mean this is easier easier, um, said than done, but 
really to walk away because it's not going to go the direction that you want it to. Because anytime you're in a non-committal situation and you're having sex with that person, that's all it's going to be because that's all that he's going to use you for. So it's nowhere um, to go, you know, from there. And so the best thing that you could do for yourself is just walk away, keep your legs closed, and save yourself for the person that is not going to treat you as a sex object, is going to look at you for your heart and your mind and not your body. Yeah. <clears throat> it's... um. That would be my advice. You know, I think a lot of times people want to, um, you know, glamorize certain sexual acts and, you know, just because it's cool, because it's popular. But, you know, God doesn't find it to be cool. You know, God doesn't, um, you know, think that that's what should be done. done. So we should uh, we should chill. We should all chill. As, you know, and try it. Try your best, you know. Um, here's a question I came across from a while ago. Um, and I wanted to revisit it, read it out. It does pertain to sex. The young woman says, um, Daydon, I listened to your show last night. It was somewhat of an eye-opener. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but it did make me think. I'm 21 years old, and I started having sex at 13. From the ages of 13 to 15, I slept with at least 18 men. Most of them were much older, and I honestly didn't know any better at the time. My first time, I let a 16-year-old who I really liked talk me into having sex, and from that point on, it was a continuous cycle. When I was 15, my mother found out that I was having sex. She took me to the pastor, and my mother and the pastor and I were having a long conversation. From the time I spoke with my pastor, I stopped having sex. My pastor told me that these young boys and men were just using me and that, I, and that what I was doing was not the way to get love. I didn't have sex again until I turned 20 years old, and that was with my boyfriend who I met when I was 19. I made him wait a year uh, in order to make sure that I was ready to uh, to start having sex again. He doesn't know about all of the men. Uh, he doesn't know about all of the men from my past um, and the, the men I've been with, and he hasn't asked. Honestly, I know that he assumes that I haven't been with many people because we met so young. If he ever asks, I don't know if I'd be able to tell him the truth because I love him. My question is to you, do you consider me to be a whore because of the things I did between the ages of 13 and 16? Well, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a deep question. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, as a woman, Courtney, what are your thoughts on, you know, a young woman who has had 18 partners between the ages of 13 and 16? I would say that um, that I'm just going to be honest, that is horish behavior, but she is not that person anymore. So I'm not going to say she is a whore, um, you know, currently. You know, she, she made some mistakes, but it seems like she's learned from them. The only issue that I see here is um, the fact that she does not want to um, – you know, disclose that information. Not not necessarily saying she has to say how many people she slept with, but she doesn't want to open up. And to me, that translates to her having um, a guard up. And that just tells me that she's not fully healed. And so um, that would be the red flag for me, more so than um, anything. 
Yeah. This here's the thing. You know, if you guys if you guys missed our special on um what was it called? Uh uh what's your sexual number? Okay. I mean, definitely go back and listen to that because I think a lot of women unfortunately are are believing the lie of the enemy that their sins are great, too great to be forgiven. Their past is such that they will never be forgiven. And those are lies straight from the enemy. The Bible says specifically, you know, when you confess your your sins, God is just and he's faithful to forgive those sins and it will make your sins white as snow. And, you know, a number of things that the, that the word says about forgiveness. So, I mean, you know, there's no reason to be shameful to the point of having to lie about the things that you've done. And I think it's a very, I mean, I know we we keep it real here. You guys have been listening, many of you silently and secretly, which is cool. But you've heard Gerald Howard. You've heard, you've heard Marv. You've heard Lewis. You've heard James. You know, myself, we've all spoken about, you know, the type of sexual past that we would prefer that our wives have. But, see, the the way that she even asked the question is, is, a, is a problem in and of itself because what y'all got to realize is, she said, Daydon, do you feel as though I'm a whore? First of all, I'm nobody. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason why I can, I start the, I have, I have these debates and people, you know, have attacked me and, and, and bashed me, you know, personally like they know me because I've expressed a public opinion. You guys got to realize that's insecurity on that person's part. Do you guys, does anybody really think, I mean, honestly, that I care about what anybody thinks. I'm just asking, like, seriously, Courtney, you know me. Do you really think that when I do these shows or I post something, do you really think I do it caring what other people think about what it is that I'm saying? I know you don't. Right. And and that's not because I'm a you know some type of cold-hearted bastard or something. It's basically because, one, I'm speaking from a biblical perspective, but then, two, also because I know that I'm confident in myself and the opinions of others don't matter. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, she should not be worried about, why, you know, do I think she's a whore? Why do you care? That's like me saying, do you think I'm a good talk show host? It doesn't matter. I'm glad you guys listen. But it doesn't If you thought that I, I sucked, it wouldn't bother me. I'd still do the show for another 10 years. It, it's not going to affect me. Like, when I say, okay, Beyonce's a hoe, I mean, that is a fact. I mean, that is, from a biblical standpoint, she fits the definition of, of a whore. Based on the word, this young woman fits that definition. But the, that doesn't mean that she has to, you know, like you said, Courtney, she doesn't have to continue being a whore. And I think that, you know, we in society, we have become afraid of that term. All you have to do, literally, is go to the book of Ezekiel. If you're conf- if you're confused, if your actions were whorish, just read the book of Ezekiel. God speaks specifically from the first person and talks and defines one what whorish behavior is, two how he views it, three how those who exhibit it will be punished. So it doesn't matter what Dadon Tolbert thinks is a whore, a whore or whorish behavior or anything like that. It's all about what does God think about it. I just so happen to speak from a biblical perspective, you know, about it. You know, I just happen to paraphrase a lot of the things that God has actually outlined in the Bible. 
But my opinion actually doesn't matter. And the only reason I give it is because I'm specifically asked for it. That's all. But, you know, to answer her question, though, I mean, yeah, she, she you know, did exhibit some horse behavior. I mean, 18 guys in, in less than two years. I mean, what else can you call it? But I I think what's more problematic is the lack of acceptance that she has about her actions, you know, is the the lies. I mean, you can't claim to love somebody but then lie to them in their face. You know, I mean, he has a right to know. Um, There is a certain thing called a lie of omission. And if you, you know, you you have information that you know would be interesting, you know, to, uh, you know, a certain person would be vital to a relationship, it is your duty to tell that person. You can't just not you can't just withhold certain things and then and to and not think that that's a lie. So I just wanted to, you know, touch on that. Um but yeah, that was an interesting question. But while Courtney was talking, while she was getting her Morgan on, I actually was able to find right the pastor who was the jump off. And and we can, I mean and that we can even we can actually discuss it tonight. I'm I'm just messing with you, Courtney. You never you you never would be a Morgan. Shout out I to everybody know I won't. who you know you you that's not you know she yo she could talk man. You know what I'm saying? Like hey, I, y'all think I talk? I couldn't even get a word in. I'm like yo yo people would start logging off. Like I, I was looking at the switchboard. Like I would be talking and be lit up. The next thing you know. Calls just be dropping off, but I'm like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, yo, come back, don't go. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, I, I'll be back when she stops talking. Oh man, shout out to Morgan though. No. <laughs> you know I mean? Shout out to her if, she, if you're listening. No, Morgan was cool though. Seriously, Morgan was cool. She was a good co-host for many years. Um, but yeah, onward and upward. Here's the situation. There's a question that I did get uh, from a young woman uh, many many years ago, actually. If you, when we were fairly early uh, in the, uh, you know, in the in our broadcast, uh, it's a little bit long, but I want to read it just because we we are talking. We're talking about relationship recycling. We're talking about moving for. First of all, identifying. When you are not being viewed the way that you want to be viewed, when you're not being treated the way you want to be treated, identifying that, recognizing the red flags, not ignoring them, but actually moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Actually seeing it for what it is and then saying, you know what, I deserve better. You know what I'm saying? And evidently this young woman who is a pastor is, uh, you know, was struggling with this. Now, we 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 discussed this one. I believe we want to keep it over five, but... You know, for the newer listeners, should we read it tonight, Court? Do you do you? I don't think you and I talked about it, though, right? No, I can't recall that um, letter, so I want to hear it. Oh, you don't even remember it? No. Oh man, so if Courtney doesn't, I know many of y'all don't remember it. So yeah, this is new for many of you. I thought this was a classic show. I think I know me and Gerald talked about it. Gerald went in on it. You know what I'm saying? But. You know, like many situations, we gotta we gotta talk about it again from a different perspective. Uh, this is a young woman. She wrote in. She says, uh, "Day Don, I and I just posted this on Facebook. I posted on my main page. I posted it on uh, in the friends group. So if you guys want to actually, you know, check it out, you know, go ahead and look at it. 
but a young woman wrote into the show. Uh, she said, Dayton, I should be in church praying and spreading the word right now. But the things the pastor would tell me, I already know. Because of the circumstances surrounding my situation, I'm actually somewhat ashamed to say it, but I'm a pastor myself. I know the words of God forward and backwards, but it's the words of men that confuse me greatly. I could find scriptures in the Bible that will heal my spirit, and I will. However, as a woman and a frequent listener of your show, I ask for some of you and your co-hosts' words of wisdom. Before I share my story with you, I ask that you don't judge me because I'm a pastor. Again, I'm a woman first. And as a listener of your show, I ask for your advice. I'm 32 years old, and I've been the reverend of my church for five years now. I give advice to people on a spiritual level roughly 16 hours out of each day. However, when it comes to the ways of men, I'm actually very inexperienced. All my life, I've been raised to be a preacher. I've never really dealt with men. I'm unmarried, and I've only been sexually active with one man my entire life. That man is the man I'm dealing with now and the reason I'm writing you. I'm away from my church for the next two weeks with my pastor's convention, and I'm using this time to reflect and get uh, and to get some guidance. It would be good to go to another pastor and talk to them, but the way that I would be judged would be ridiculous. A woman of, of the cloth should not be sinning. With the moment, excuse me, I'm sorry. With the amount of sin that actually goes on by members of the cloth, I should say a woman of the cloth should not be openly admitting to sinning. We live in a very judgmental and hypocr uh, hypocritical world. I listen to you and your co-hosts whenever I can, and I love the insight that you give. So here I am. I guess you can see that I'm beating around the bush right now because even though I come to you by email, I'm still very nervous. I need the advice, though, so here goes. I've been dating a man for about six months now, and I must admit that it feels great to have him in my life. Of course, there's no greater feeling than having God in your life spiritually, but the physical presence of a man is great and powerful, even more so than I could have ever imagined. As I was saying, I've been dating him for six months now. I gave myself to him sexually after knowing him for only a month. Please don't take me to be promiscuous because I'm not. I don't say that because I'm a pastor either. I know as well as I'm sure others know, that there are some very promiscuous pastors, male and female. I, however, am not one of those pastors. I am not promiscuous. Uh, because I am I was 31 years old at the time I'm and still a virgin, I'd never done anything with a man before. Other than changing my younger brother's diapers so many years ago, I've never even seen or touched a man's genitalia in person. So even though I slept with him so early, I am not a promiscuous woman. For 31 years, I wasn't even really tempted, and I somehow let it all go. He did, he just did things to me and made me feel ways that I've never felt as a woman. The things he said were so unchristlike. The way he touched me was so unchristlike, unchristian-like. But it did something to me, and I loved what it did to me. Even though I knew personally that it was wrong, I succumbed to the sin and continued to sin as I wait for him to make me his wife. 
as I've been listening to you all, I've heard on numerous occasions where you stated that sleeping with a man too early puts you into the sex category only. However, because he knew that I was a virgin ahead of time, would he still consider me as the type of woman to put in that category? I know women that can lie about their sexual past, but he knew from my inexperience as well as the blood I left that I was truly a virgin. The past six months I've been experiencing a different type of happiness. For the past five of the five of those months, um, I've been beyond conflicted. I've been conflicted first because I'm going against all that I believe in and all that I teach, but also because I don't know what to make of where this relationship is going. I told him on more than one occasion that I love him and I can't continue to live this type of lifestyle. He never says that he loves me, but I know that he does. He tells me how greatly he cares for me and how much he enjoys being with me. He says he doesn't want things to change between us and that he'll do what he has to do when the time is right. So what does when the time is right mean? All of my life I've known the love of God and the love of my father. I've never known this type of love before and I'm beyond lost. I truly love this man and I want to be his wife. I know the things I do to and for him should should only be done between a husband and a wife. Is it possible possible for me to lose my sinful ways and keep him? Right now, my actions say I love a man more than I love God, and that has to stop. I don't want to lose this man. I want to be his wife. Um, yeah, that's it. I want to be his wife. Courtney. What's your what's your thoughts? What advice? Well, my advice to her um, was first to 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 look at it for what it is, and it's a soul time more than anything. And but everything she was saying, I could relate to feeling at one point, and um, you know, saying I I love you and saying, oh, when am I going to be his wife and all of this stuff. Um, not because he was a, a good man or anything, but it was a soul tie and the fact that he was the first person that I slept with. So I think that that adds to it, and that's making her think that she's in love um, when she's not. And it's caused her to stray away from her relationship with God, so I would really encourage her to, to get back to that. Um, because I know that God will reveal everything because it seems like it's real cloudy with her. You know, she, it's a lot of confusion, uh, which lets me know, you know, that it's of the devil. You know, it's clearly a lustful um, relationship, and that man does not see a future with her. And I just hope that she's able to see that uh, so she can move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> this is the advice that I would give. I mean, and it's funny, just reading it again after the years, I I see it from a different perspective and will give advice from a different perspective also. But the most important thing here is that she, on a number of occasions, says she's confused and she she has doubts and um, she just, you know, she says she's so lost, she's not sure which way to go. Um, You know, one thing that stood out, though, she said the things that he did were so unchristian-like the way he touched me was so unchristlike, and so you got to really look at. It. I mean, if you're speaking about someone that you claim to love and, and who, 
you want to be your wife, you meaning you want that you know, to be your husband, you want that relationship to go the distance, which would mean it would have to be blessed by God, but you're dealing with someone who treats you in an unchristlike manner. If God is love and he treats you unchristlike, unchristian like, well then what is the appeal certainly what is the appeal to a female pastor? You know, and as Courtney said in the beginning of the show, once we, we establish that once once a man is able to make you have that orgasm, as Courtney said, it's a wrap. You see what I'm saying? And and it doesn't matter who it is. And I'll I'll tell you guys something, I'll be honest with you. I mean, thirty two year old, you know, Christian women you know, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but I mean, any man will tell you that women over thirty, typically, you know, and even specifically black women over thirty, a lot. It's it's really that's when the real sex begins. A lot of y'all think y'all were promiscuous back in the day. You guys know the real sex happens from thirty and up, because what often happens is, you know, and the fellas know this. You, you get these, you know, these twenty-four year olds, twenty-three year olds. You know, they're just really feeling themselves to a certain point. You can't tell them nothing. You know, they walk around with their noses up in the air. They want to make you, they want to play the sex games. They want to make you try to work for it, do all types of crazy stuff. But then after, so they, you know, they feel like, oh, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I don't have anything to worry about. But next thing you know, you know, they're dealing, you know, you hit 29, they hit 30. It's like, whoa, I got to get my, you know, get get in, get the ball in motion here. Next thing you know, you know, those panties are dropping, man. You know, it's like, whoa, I got to hurry up and get this ring. I'm 32. That sex is, like she said, even though we had sex relatively early, right? That's pretty much what happens nowadays. Think about it. Why is Steve Harvey so popular? His target audience, look at the stations where Steve Harvey is on. He's not reaching these 18-year-olds. That's not, I mean, he might, they might listen a little bit, but his target audience is like 30 to 45-year-old women. Okay, that's his target audience, is, is the, the freaks, the women who are used to giving it up at 30, the, the pastors, the 32-year-old pastors, the Christian women, the teachers, the doctors, the lawyers, you know, those types of women who have, you know, really struggled in that sexual area. He was like their savior Basically saying, look, y'all can still have sex. I'm not telling y'all to give up the sex. I'm just saying, make them wait for the cookie. Right? I mean, that's basically what he's saying, right? And that was music to so many women's ears. And so what we have here with this situation is this young woman is is obviously conflicted, but she's not praying. You know, you have a praying woman but who's not praying about the I mean did you notice that, that there was really no prayer, no consultation of 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 God in, in the situation? Yes, I did. I did. Cuz I think a part of her didn't want to because she she wanted to be caught up in the sin. You know, she she enjoyed it to an extent. Right. And what y'all have to realize is there's and many women I know can relate to this. There's nothing favorable about this situation. There's nothing favorable about this man. You see, nothing. He doesn't do anything special. He's not a man of God. But 
he's able to please her sexually. He's able to make her feel differently, better than she's ever felt sexually. And as we said earlier, if a man is able to do that, you know, he he's basically given himself a permanent place in that woman's heart. And so, I mean, to answer, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, she didn't even really, ironically, didn't even really ask a question here. Uh, it sounded like she just wanted to vent. Uh, but overall, I would say, you know, this is a situation where you have to, one, really ask yourself, what is it that I want? Not what I want tonight, what do I want tomorrow, but, you know, long term, do I want to be a wife? And if so, what kind of husband do I want? Because there's not a person on the planet who would want this man who treats them like this to spend the rest of the Nobody would really want that. No one with any form of self-respect. And um, unfortunately, so many women don't have anything better to compare that to. They, it's just like, okay, he's the, as good as it gets. That's something you could relate to at one point, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the key. You know, oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I can relate to that. You know, the guy not being the best guy, you know, not a, a man of God, but the best out of the pack, the best out of the bunch of men that I've dealt with. Right. Here's the thing, ladies. Quick, uh, quick tip for you. Don't use, you know, past relationships as a barometer of what you want in your future. If you've only dated losers, the first guy who appears to be a non-loser, that doesn't mean he's a great man. It just means he's not a bastard like the rest of these guys that you've been dealing with. That's all. And so, um, you know, just think about it that, because that's what she's doing. She has nothing to compare, you know, love to. She's only been with one guy and who, who's given her a sexual experience. So naturally, that's going to be the, she's going to view him as the, being the best. And those are the types of uh, of soul ties that have to be um, eradicated if you if you if you seek happiness in the future. All right, we're gonna get ready to wrap it up though. But yeah, I would just encourage everybody who's who's in a situation like that or similar to that to just say, you know what, this I deserve better. This is not what I want for my life. I'm going to do what's necessary to get you one, get you out of my life. And then, you know, be by myself. Not be afraid of being by myself, but and then, you know, trust God that he's going to bless me with love. Any last-minute words of wisdom, Courtney? Well, in addition to what you just said, I would say to those that are in this situation, um, you know, in regards to relationship recycling, um, in addition to letting that man go um, completely, I really do encourage women to, you know, have an active prayer life and, um, you know, fellowship with God because that does make a lot of difference because what good is it to give, you know, someone up or to let somebody go and you haven't, you know, worked on your relationship with God because at that point you're allowing the devil to creep back in and, you know, tell you that you should be back with that person. But when you have that relationship with God, he will order your steps and he will guide you. Right. I'm looking here at this question. I'm looking at one more uh, one more situation that she asked. She says, however, because he knew that I was a virgin ahead of time, would he still consider me the type of woman to be put in that category? I know that women lie about their sexual past, 
but he knew about he knew from my inexperience as well as the blood that I left that I was truly a virgin. See, this is the problem, and this is a problem that many women have. They think that, and she, you see how much she stressed the fact that she was not promiscuous. She stressed that a lot in the beginning of the question, as if that matters. The it doesn't matter, ladies, if you're promiscuous or if you're not promiscuous. It doesn't matter if you're a freak or a non-freak. It the, it only matters how that man is viewing you. If he's not viewing you as his wife, remember, he's viewing you as a potential sex partner, as some form of freak, a, a hoe, a booty call, you know. That's what it is. There's no way around that. And the way and the way that he's viewing you is going to be evident by how he treats you. So if he's clearly not treating you like a, you know, like a wife, then you know that he's viewing you for sex. And it's on you to walk away. You can't relate or rely on a man to bail you out by showing his true colors or telling you, hey, look, I really don't want to be with you. Most men won't do that. They will string you along indefinitely. And then when it finally fades away, they will come back for relationship recycling. You know, and, and so it just becomes a very nasty cycle. All right, guys. Like I said, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. I wanted to tell everybody, I mean, you know, I don't get any money from this or anything. I wish I did, but um, I saw uh, Lone Survivor, and that was just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. If y'all didn't see that or that's not on your radar of things you might want to see before it leaves the theaters, definitely uh, check that out. Really, you know, pretty good uh, pretty good movie. I know you're not, that's not really your type of movie, is it, Courtney? Don't try to act like you know me. It's not, but <laughs> but I might go see it though. I might go see it. That was a really good movie. It has me thinking about it just like a couple of days even after. But a lot of good messages in there. Um, and I finished Sleeper Cell. Sleeper Cell was on Netflix. Two seasons. Man, crazy. Michael Ealy did his thing on that series. Check it out. But uh, definitely, if you guys are looking for a good show to get into, check that out. Um, yeah, I wanted to come back live tonight. You know, like I said, we've been um, doing some reruns, some rebroadcasts over the last week, so I wanted to come back and um, you know get some stuff out of the way. Uh, in the meantime, until we're back live again, you guys can check out my novel, The Love We Had, in stores, online. Check it out, Amazon. It's on Kindle. Get it. Great story. Looking for a good book to read. Look out for my new book, uh, How to Win the Heart of an Elite Man in 10 Days, or I'm sorry, 365 Days or Less. Look out for that this summer. I know Courtney's working on the book as well right now. She's uh, working on a title, getting uh, getting that out to you guys as soon as possible. So look out for that. And uh, we both do counseling. You guys are, you know, you're sick of relationship recycling. You're, you know, you just want love. You're ready to take that first step and in, in, in being found by the man that God has for you. Definitely reach out via email uh, at Daydon or Courtney at trctoday.com. Or, uh, you know, give us a call at 855-55-Daydon. Uh, if you guys are looking for any type of automobiles, come on down, TRC Auto, here in Philly. All the information is on the website, trctoday.com. Come check us out. Courtney, thanks for being here tonight. Excellent job as always. You guys at home, thank you for being here. Appreciate the love, appreciate the support. And uh, we will be back live, I'd say probably a little, you know, a little bit later on in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the week for a, um, you know, for a, uh, Another live show. So, thank you guys for listening. Get some rest, get some sleep, and tune into a special uh, rebroadcast of a classic 
episode of the Daydown Tober Show tomorrow night. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Peace. Date on tour, come and change